Hello, and welcome back to the Sky U Podcast by The Daily Gopher. I'm Chris, Goayu Fur. With me this hate week are Andy, Gopher Guy 05. Who hates Iowa? We hate Iowa. And the U Street. We very much hate Iowa. Yeah, screw Iowa. They're terrible. Except when they're not. Which we'll get to later. But before we get to hate week content, we need hockey content. Because that's how we're rolling this week. Uh, Andy, so we actually have content for everybody for hockey. Um, the women had a good weekend. Uh, they swept number 10 Mercyhurst. Can you break that down just a little bit? How good of a win is that for the Gophers? Well, you know, I mean, it's tough to tell right off the bait, the, you know, with the early season rankings and stuff like that. But it's better than the Gophers got off to last year when they opened up the season with the split at, at uh, Ritter Arena. So, uh, all in all, yeah, the Gophers looked like the team we thought they would be. Um, they got goal scoring from some of their newcomers. Uh, Amy Potomac got her first collegiate goal Friday. And then some of the returners, uh, both Sarah Potomac and Kelly Panic, coming back from trying... Well, Kelly Panic made the U.S. Olympic team. Sarah Potomac failed in trying to make the Canadian Olympic team. Either way, they didn't play for the Gophers last year. They are this year. And they're scoring goals. So that is good. Um, yeah, Gophers start 2-0. and They were ranked number three last week are still ranked number three this week with the new poll coming out behind defending national champion Clarkson in Wisconsin. Um, so, you know, 2-0, and good start. And uh, they jump right into WCHA play this week. They get a hard, hard road trip to kick off the season. They get to go up to now number four UMD in Duluth for a pair. So we got a little bit of a men's-women's doubleheader going on this weekend with both the men and women up in, uh, up in Duluth, at least on, on Saturday. But... Uh, UMD upset Boston College, who was previously ranked four coming into the season. Um, they they have a person in goal, which if you paid any attention to the Olympics, you might recognize her name, Maddie Rooney, you know, U.S. hero, winning gold medal. She's kind of good. She's kind of good. Um, she's back for her junior season at UMD, so uh, they don't quite have as much offensive firepower, but they had plenty enough this weekend to to sweep BC up in Duluth, so it uh, should be a crazy good weekend of uh, women's hockey. Um, not only do you have the, the UMD Gopher matchup, but you have the, uh, the Whitecaps playing their first two games in the, uh, NWHL down in St. Paul this weekend. So, uh, big weekend for women's hockey in the state of hockey. Andy, you mentioned the men are also playing this week. Does that mean we actually know who is on the coaching staff? We do, in fact, uh, today the, the final announcement was made. You may remember about three or four weeks ago on this podcast when I sort of alluded to the fact that Chris McAlpine was going to be the uh, second alumni, uh, second assistant coach alumni member on the staff. Well, that sort of fell through. But we do have uh, one former gopher who will be on the staff, Ben Gordon, who uh, played in the early 2000s from International Falls. He uh, has been an assistant coach and a general manager in the USHL for the last few seasons. He is officially now the second paid assistant on Bob Motzko's staff. Uh, the U also made an announcement that uh, we have two current former professional hockey players, gophers, who have now come back to try and finish their degrees, who will be... Um, volunteer assistant coaches this season in Stu Bickle and in Ryan Patolny. So uh, Gophers definitely have uh, their staff figured out. And as as Street said, they do uh, start the season, believe it or not. The men get into action this weekend. Uh, they also, as I said earlier, will be up in Duluth uh, Saturday night. Um, so it should be one hell of a big sports day on Saturday. You've got uh, Gophers, Iowa at 2.30. Everybody can come home or go find a spot in their favorite bar and uh, watch Minnesota UMD at 7 o'clock on Saturday night. 
UMD will be dropping their national championship banner against the Gophers. They, in fact, specifically requested Minnesota be their opponent for that game. <laughs> Take that for whatever it's worth. Um, but And then Sunday, they have the return game of the home-and-home home back down to Miriuchi, so the Gophers will open their home season Sunday against the Bulldogs. So, yeah, it should be a, a crazy busy weekend of hockey, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, hopefully... Hopefully the Gophers can get off to a good start and at least try and split with UMD. But uh, obviously, for anybody who follows the Gophers, you know that the Bulldogs have had Minnesota's number in the last five or six years. Hopefully with a, a change in coaching staff, maybe that can uh, finally get put to an end. I have no worries. We're ruining their banners. All will be well. I mean, that would, my prediction. That, would be, that would be really nice and sweet. You know, give them a nice little middle finger for saying, hey, yeah, we specifically want to play you, the team that we beat out by point zero zero one points percentage points in the pairwise to get in the NCAA tournament instead of you. And, oh, by the way, we won it all. So uh, enjoy watching us drop this banner on your head, and hopefully we can go out and take it to them and, uh, and beat them. Um, for those of you who actually listen to this podcast and then look back to our blog for content, uh, I will have a preview of the Gophers season here later this week. So take a look for that if you uh, care at all about our hockey content, which... Hopefully you do. I mean, you can't all be on GPL at the same time. So hopefully, you know, there's a few of you that will actually read some of our stuff. <laughs> I think GPL might appreciate you occasionally coming our way just to keep their uh, server running at all times. Yeah, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna fail like theirs were after a big game. So you can come talk on our uh, on our comment boards. Come on down. We're glad to have you. Not to interrupt this discussion related to hockey content, but I believe you gentlemen have forgotten that it is hate week. Oh, I didn't forget. I just wanted to make sure we got our hockey content in before we got so busy hating Iowa we didn't have time for hockey content. Who hates UMD? Question mark? Get out, uh, Andy. We're talking yeah. about Iowa. Oh, well, I, I hate them too. Want to know what happened the last time I was in the state of Iowa? Sure you do. The last time I was in the state of Iowa, I was driving down during a very large winter snowstorm. And as we drove very fast on a highway to get out of Iowa, we passed by a variety of overturned vans and semi-trucks. No injuries, fortunately. But it was pretty clear, at least with several of them, that the drivers had abandoned their trucks and then went, Never mind, I'm in the state of Iowa. Just keep it. Just keep it. Field of Dreams is a bad movie. <laughs> Jesus. I feel like we could let you go for about five minutes and just see how many successive anti-Iowa thoughts you could come up with. I feel like you could probably go for that long at least. What's your opinion on ethanol? It's an overpriced thing that is killing people. That's actually, that's actually absolutely true. Ethanol is increasing food prices, which has led to massive food insecurity for a long period of time for a variety of people. The state of Iowa is actually killing people. It's not even a good substitute. It's not even energy efficient. Oh, Jesus. All right, I'm going to stop us before suddenly we get him going off of Iowa's early role in the primary system. No one cares about the caucus. The most demographically unrepresentative state other than Vermont. <laughs> I want to be clear, Minnesota is not dramatically better, but we don't get all excited about beginning things. <laughs> Good representation, I think, of Iowa's season so far. Got really excited going 3-0 and and then forgot that you could run the ball in the fourth quarter. Oh, yeah, Brian Ferentz. Um, oh, God. 
I am so looking forward to him taking over as head coach and continuing to find Paul Chris like Rose Bowl ways to lose football games. All right. Are they any good? Annoyingly, they are pretty good this year. Uh, admittedly, that's because the rest of the Big Ten is hot garbage. I'm including the Gophers in that. Uh, but they're probably the second best team in the Big Ten West outside of that other team who they lost to last week. They look strong in the first couple of games. They beat Northern Illinois. They beat Iowa State in a game that uh, we all promptly forgot that we watched. And they beat uh, Northern Iowa. So currently doing pretty well against the state of Iowa. Not tremendously well against teams outside of the state of Iowa. But uh, overall in the S&P rankings, they're 27th. Admittedly, the S&P still aren't fully updated, but they're still their good football team. And uh, I think the Gophers, unfortunately, are going to have their hands full this weekend. The correct answer was no. I'm not saying it was like the truthful answer, but the correct answer for that should have been no. They are terrible. We will destroy them. Well, unfortunately, they can kind of put points on the board. Not like a lot of points and not like when they're important and when they matter. After all, when nepotism is the way you decide your offensive coordinator, you will run into some problems. I believe that's a plot point on Game of Thrones. <laughs> but they have Nate. Uh, they have Nate Stanley back under center. Uh, his completion percentage is actually up this year, uh, from fifty-five percent to sixty-two percent. He's throwing slightly more interceptions or an interception rate, which is something that uh, for the Govers to win this game, they're going to have to turn Iowa over. Iowa's got a team that can absolutely eat clock. They don't have a tremendously explosive offense, which is shocking because. As we all know, anytime you add any spice to a Midwestern diet, that should be explosive. They do, however, have uh, two tight ends who are pretty good. One, TJ Hawkinson. The other is a junior, Noah Fant. Both of them are likely going to be red zone targets if they get down there. They don't have a, a particularly fantastic receiving core, but Stanley's able to get the ball to a variety of people. They don't have... Uh, any number one running back, but they got a trio of running backs who they use a lot. One of whom, Ivory Kelly Martin, is a bit of a speedster, which, as we all know, the Gophers had zero problems with defending based on how they dealt with Maryland. And he rushed for 72 yards on 14 attempts against Wisconsin. They also have a Juco transfer from Iowa Western Community College, uh, which, amazingly enough, Iowa has not yet played this year, which is shocking. And uh, he rounds out their queue, uh, their particular queue of running backs. He leads all of them with three touchdowns on the season. So they can put points on the board. Not a ton of points, but given how the Gophers' offense has been the last couple of weeks, not perhaps uh, the most important thing in the world to put up a lot of points. So what you're saying is Iowa has finally decided to go with the trio of running backs to diversify, to delegate against whatever airbag incidents they may have uh, run into. Yeah, which seems to be tempting fate, but... There we are. So you're saying that it's going to be an offensive shootout because we're going to score a lot of points on their terrible defense, correct? <laughs> oh, man, that was hilarious. You know, like Iowa being relevant. Uh, the defense is really unfortunately good. And even if it wasn't that good, the Gopher offense is garbage. But uh, in particular, Iowa has two things that make them very good. One, they have a really strong front four. It's probably their best asset. They have a pair of seniors in the trenches to complement their excellent defensive ends. Uh, both of them have combined for four sacks on the season. 
the team leader has four sacks on his own. And if you recall, Minnesota does not seem to have a right tackle. So that's not great. But also, the defensive tackles are pretty good. And immediately after that, uh, Iowa has a tradition of putting out pretty good linebackers. They got some pretty good linebackers this year. They're potentially vulnerable in the secondary, but you don't have to be uh, particularly great in the secondary if the opposing quarterback is getting hit all the time, which seems like pretty likely on, uh, on Saturday. So I don't want to be the big negative Nelly like that guy, Blake, who runs our Twitter feed during games because, you know, he's just the worst. But well, he uh, is from Iowa. He, he originally is from Iowa, which, you know, we're going to have to watch him this week to make sure nothing starts seeping through into his tweets. But uh, I'll just be blunt. What are the chances Floyd actually sticks around this week? Or is he going to be going right back on the bus towards Iowa again? Uh, I don't think if you're a betting individual that you're going to get a particularly favorable bet this weekend that Iowa uh, that Iowa will be leaving Floyd. Partially, this is a game that fundamentally is a mismatch for Minnesota. The offense is still not yet at a point where we have, uh, we being Minnesota, has an offensive line that can push people around. And Iowa has built an entire defense on being sound fundamentally and having really talented players in the trenches. They got really talented players in the trenches. That means Minnesota is unlikely to be able to score a lot. If Minnesota is not able to score a lot, Iowa just has to do enough. And I think there's a reasonably good chance they can do that on Saturday. So Vegas must know something that we don't know or else they're just, you know, delusional. Because Iowa comes in only a six-point favorite. Which, uh, to be clear, though they opened as two point favorites. What? what they they opened as two point favorites, really? They opened as two. Yeah. Was Las Vegas just asking for all the money to come in on Iowa for that spread? Because I'm pretty sure I would be putting down my mortgage on that spread. Yeah, I, the Iowa side of that line clearly got hammered. <laughs> yeah, just just a bit. I I did not see that it opened to two. Wow, that is um. I think if you are a betting individual, it is not the worst bet in the world <clears throat> to think that Iowa will win and cover. They may only score 12 points, but they probably should be favored to win and cover. So I should focus my attention this weekend on tailgating, is what I'm hearing from you. Well, always win the tailgate regardless of what weekend you're in. I think if we're going to give a path forward for Minnesota to win... That's not saying it's impossible. What is going to have to happen is, one, they're going to have to clean up uh, the tons of mistakes, the metric ton of mistakes that they made against Maryland. Now, Iowa does not have quite the same speed on offense that Maryland did. They don't use as many motions as Maryland does. They're a very sound, fundamental football team somehow being coached by Brian Ferentz on offense. And they're going to be able to be successful at what they do. Minnesota's defense, particularly the defensive line, has to have an absolutely incredible game. They have to block they have to block holes, they have to have their effective gap assignments. The linebackers cannot get sucked into the wash like they did over and over again. And whoever is replacing Antoine Winfield, be it one person or be it a trio of players, needs to have an amazing game because Antoine Winfield's loss is a major hole for this defense. They also need to create turnovers. 
Stanley has proven that he is willing to give the ball to the other team. The Gophers have to take advantage of that. They have to be opportunistic. They have to be ball hawking. They probably have to take some risks on defense. On offense, the Gophers need to do something in order to get into the secondary because that is where Iowa is vulnerable. There are a lot of mental lapses against Wisconsin. And while you would expect that Iowa, because they're also coached well too, if you recall, uh, the coach of Iowa is being paid, I think, a billion dollars every year to go seven and five. Which means that they've got a couple of weeks to figure things out too. The Gophers need to be able to pass the ball, and that's going to require the offensive line to have a major change. Perhaps it is possible, because if you recall, on one of our podcasts earlier this season, we lamented that Jacob Herbers was not going to be a weapon, and after that, he has played out of his mind. So maybe we will get lucky in saying that the offensive line last week was garbage, that this will now turn and they will be fantastically good for the rest of the year. I would be thrilled if that was true, and they're going to need to do that on Saturday to win. Okay, so yeah, I'm going to focus on the tailgate. Andy, we need to get started on that planning immediately. Did did you did you not hear me say there was hockey this weekend? I mean, that's my backup plan for after the game. I think for the time leading up to the game, we should also have something to make us happy. Well, it, it, to to just spitball out there, if you want something to make you happy, and you're watching this. Obviously not Monday night when we're recording this, but uh, find the uh, replay of the interception Eric Murray just had for the Chiefs against the Broncos and put that on repeat and hope that he can teach that you know via ESP to every single Gopher defensive back between now and Saturday. That would be really, really nice. I have a question for you, fellas. Last week, of course, was the bye week, so we were on a bye week. We were doing off lots of excellent things. Uh, interestingly enough, did uh, either of you see the Ohio State-Penn State game? Uh, I did, and what the fuck is James Franklin doing? So I got a question. Uh, assuming that you would not have called an inside draw after taking two timeouts, what would your fourth and five call have been? I mean, I'm I'm willing to say he should have gone with a fade to anywhere. Even I don't remember what yard line they were on, so I can't remember if they could have gone a fade to the end zone. I don't care if they're going to fade at the 20. They should have run a fade. It is the worst call ever in college football. I wish nobody would ever do it, and it's still a better call than what he actually put out there. You remember that weird halfback pass to the tight end that Fresno State tried pulling off against us, but then Antoine Winfield Jr. intercepted it, and we you know, can remember that when he's broken down again. Uh, yeah, Franklin should have done that because that would have been a better play call than whatever that fourth and five taking two timeouts and then running a drop the middle play would have been, because, yeah, that was bad. That was really, really bad. I don't think I've seen someone fake themselves out that much uh, since the last time someone legitimately thought getting accepted into the University of Iowa was an impressive achievement. (sighs) Oh, God. I swear we could have just let you go. You didn't need us. This could have been this could have been U Street, the U Street, the U Street show. I would have been happy to listen to that. The Iowa Writers Workshop is pretentious. They have a writers' workshop. Yeah, I don't. They're quite you. proud of it. But admittedly, when there's nothing else to do but drink and ponder cornfields, you too would probably write a lot. Yeah, but that doesn't seem like you know 
paths diverging in a wood or whatever that poem is that you know i don't think you could get to that level just staring at corn all day but at least you don't play for their club hockey team that plays their home games in a shopping mall wait what yes i was hockey rink they play at coralville at the at the local mall there's a hockey rink in the mall and that's where i was club team plays their games in the coralville mall so you're saying that i uh a completely non-olympic worthy curler and by curler i put air quotes and say i went curling twice last year i curl on better ice than they play their hockey games on i'm gonna go with yes knowing nothing about the coralville mall but i'm gonna say that's probably a strong strong chance i feel like my high school probably has better ice than they play on that's even for club hockey that's embarrassing Ugh, how can they be part of the big 10 oh that's right they punt the wall okay touche they get to stay in the big 10 i will say i will say one nice thing about iowa that is legitimately nice the wave is a phenomenal tradition so super oh super yeah proud on that point i should also say as i've mentioned before that this is hate week so as a consequence, we're hating. But I do think that Minnesota in many ways wants to turn in to a more dynamic version of what Iowa is putting on the field currently. And I think if you sort of look progression-wise and where does Minnesota need to go next in order to actually compete at a regular basis, they need to look something like this Iowa football team is going to look like. Really sound, really solid, not necessarily with the athletes that are going to beat you, but able to get their athletes in space and in positions to be successful. Minnesota needs to do that. Anyway, also, that movie Cedar Rapids with Ed Helms also sucked. There has never been a good movie set in the state of Iowa. I have one minorly nice thing to say about Iowa. Their fans do a good job making fun of Nebraska. And for that, in a season of Nebraska's lament, uh, we can all be grateful. And their campus in Ames is really gorgeous. Yes. All right. What's your favorite Iowa memory? Um, Iowa related. I don't know. You can you can you can take that question any direction you want. I'm gonna throw you throw it to Andy to start. Uh. Well, probably it has to be. I, I get my years mixed up. Was it 2010 or 2011? Where you're sitting. Speaking of shopping malls. Uh. 2010. 2010. Where you're in some random shopping mall in the nethers of Ohio, Kentucky. I don't, I can't. Remember. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Outlet mall. Let's get it straight. It was not an indoor mall. I stood in the cold while you described what was happening over the phone because this is before streaming video was a thing. Before streaming video was a thing. Uh, when, uh, yes, Marquise Gray, RIP his Achilles, and uh, Troy Stoudemire single-handedly saved anything redeeming about the 2010 season. Uh, cold, cold November afternoon at TCF Bank Stadium. That game cements for me why Kirk Ferentz is the biggest tool on the face of the earth. Because he called all three of his timeouts to hold the Gophers from being able to rush over and get Floyd. That is also admittedly my favorite memory. Not you freezing in an outlet mall. I have no opinion on that. Of our friend, you should figure out warmer places to have phone calls. But I rushed the field at the end of that game. And I got to touch Floyd. It was great. 
Brandon Kirksey was walking around with Floyd on his shoulder, and one does not realize just how big Division I football players are until one is right next to one who is holding a very heavy pig like it's candy. It's absolute candy. That play, that whole thing was fantastic. Uh, it was wonderful. I also quite enjoyed the 51-14 game. That was pretty nice. In fact, any time the Gophers beat Iowa in anything is pretty good. I enjoy that. Max Williams just scored again, by the way. God, that game. That was a magical game. I would, I would do many, many terrible things to have that happen this weekend. As for least memories, there was that one game. Well, it must have been twenty. I don't know, 2012, 2013, that, that Chris and I went to, that was that was not fun because, you know. Was that the raining game at TCF or the one down in Iowa? The, the, one, in, the one in Waterloo, at their campus at Waterloo. I mean, it just was not, <laughs> the, the tailgating wasn't fun and the game wasn't fun and the, it, it cemented my, uh, my idea that I, I never need to go back to that state ever again for anything, you know. You and I have very different recollections of the tailgating. I had a blast tailgating that day. See, because the people, the Iowa fans in Iowa are substantially better people. And I know this is on a curve and, you know, it's a low bar and whatnot, but they're they're much better to be around than the fans who are in the Twin Cities. The Iowa bloggers are also excellent, despite me disliking everything they stand for. They are good follows. Agreed. I don't know. Maybe I just went to the wrong campus. I'll have to try Waterloo next time or something. All right. Predictions. Let's throw them out there, since we're all, you know, so sure we're going to win this one. Crickets. Um, I'm going to say Iowa wins 24 to 10. Andy? The Gophers get their first win of the Bob Motzko era Sunday at home against UMD, winning 5 <laughs> to 4. Um, oh, we're, we're, making, we're making football predictions, sorry. Um, I'd love to say that I see the upset coming, but I, I just don't. I think these two teams are in totally different places right now. Um, I'll say Iowa wins, oh, let's say 27 to 13. Street? In situations, in rivalry games, for which I do not expect the Gophers to win, I do not make a prediction. Back to you, Chris. That's not how that works. You don't get to skate. James Earl Jones will be excellent in the last third of the movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh. And also, uh, the bad guys are going to beat the good guys 21-14. All right, that, that helps. Thank you. Can't just go off script like that. That's just unconscionable. All right, well... Fuck Iowa. It's a stupid state. It smells like pig crap all the time. It's not worth driving over. It's not worth flying over. It's not worth visiting in any way. It's a terrible hellhole from which people try and fail to escape on a regular basis. Also, everyone who likes to say they're from Chicago but isn't from Chicago, all go there. And that is enough said about them. Go Gophers. Skyuma, row the boat. (laughs) 